Over the next five weeks, we're going to start a new series. We're going to be talking about how to live your calling because we all have a, a calling from God. Now, one of the best known verses in the Bible is Romans 8, 28. And that verse begins like this. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And usually we stop right there in the verse because that first part is so encouraging when you're facing some of the, the hard stuff of life for those who love him. It's so encouraging. We just stop <laughs> right there. And that's so encouraging to know that we stop there and then we miss the rest of the verse. And the whole verse goes like this. We know that in all things, God works. And what kind of working is God doing? He's working for the good of those who love him. Those who have been called according to his purpose. Now, when you hear the word call, you probably think the most familiar thing is like a phone call. You think about making a call, getting a call, being called in the middle of dinner by a solicitor. Anybody like that? Ever had that happen? Yeah. Seven times in a night. <laughs> we think about a phone call. Now, I want to be honest with you because this is kind of a true confession from your pastor. I really don't like phones. Anybody with me? <laughs> I, really, I really don't like phones so much because phones constantly interrupt me. Now, as you know, as a pastor, I'm on call 24 hours a day, and I get calls in the middle of the night. I get calls when I'm on vacation. I get calls when I'm doing counseling. I get calls when I'm in preparation for Sunday messages. And I'm not complaining about it because I care about you. I care about what you're going through. That's what I'm here for. But it's that jolting ring in the middle of silence. You know what I'm talking about? There you are. You're thinking. You're praying. You're studying. You're working. You're, and here comes that jolting ring out of the silence. And I've been thinking maybe I need to change my ring. Maybe I need to get something like Shirley. She's got that Madagascar ring. Move it. I like to move it, move it, you know. So that's Shirley, you know. So maybe I need to get that ring. But I really don't like those rings. And, and second, phone calls always bring bad news to me. As a pastor, I get the call about those who've been hurt, those who've just been diagnosed with a new disease, those who've had somebody they love pass away. And once again, I'm not complaining. I care about you. I care about your needs. I want those calls. I'm here for you. But it's that out of the silence, that ring right in the midst of whatever I'm doing. But I got to thinking about that. What if God actually called you? Would you, would you treat God like that solicitor that calls at night and you just pick it up off the handset and then back down? Anybody else do that? <laughs> Is that how you would treat God? If God actually was calling, would you pick it up and answer his call? Or would you send him to voicemail? You see, the Bible says that God has already called you. He's already called you. But lots of people have hung up on God, or they've sent him to voicemail. God, I'll deal with you later. Or they've actually run from his call. Not now, God. Not at this time in my life. You see, the Bible says God has already called you just like he called many who have lived before you. In fact, the Bible is just the story of God calling his people. In the Old Testament, God called Noah to be a man of holiness in a wicked generation. In the Old Testament, God called Abraham to establish a holy nation. 
God called Moses to lead his people out of bondage. God called Nehemiah to inspire a nation to rebuild and become a people that worshiped God again. God called Daniel to turn a nation to God through prayer. In the New Testament, God called Peter, Paul, and Mary. And if you laughed at that, you're way, way too old, that old group. (laughs) But God did call Peter, Paul, and Mary. The truth is, God calls every person he creates, and he gives them a specific calling to fulfill. So in these next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to live your call, because you do already have from God a calling. So here's my prayer as we go through this series. My prayer is this. Paul writes this, and he says, my prayer is that the light will flood your hearts and that you will understand the hope that was given to you when God called you. Then you will discover blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. Paul's saying, when you understand what God has called you to do, and you get involved and you start doing that, you'll discover all kinds of incredible blessings that you've just been missing out on in your life. So today, I want to lay out some of the facts about God's calling so that you can begin to discover your call through this series. And you can begin to experience the blessings that come from following God's call. First of all, very simply, write this down. You're called. (laughs) You are called. You are already called by God. You really are. The Bible says this. God, by His grace, through Christ has called you, first of all, to become his people. So God, by his great grace, he's called you to come to him. He's called you to let him live inside of you, be your Lord and Savior, to be a part of his family forever. He's called you to himself. But listen to this. His call is also about fulfilling the purpose which he made you. The Bible says, look at this, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. He's called us to live a holy life. So he not only calls you to come to him, to be forgiven of your sins, but also to live a holy life. You are called to him, and you're called to live a holy life for him. And that's a constant process that we're working on. Lord Jesus, reign in all of me. Lord Jesus, have full lordship in every part of me. But he's calling us to that holy life. That's a call. Next, write this down. And then you're called to serve. You are called by God to him and for him. And you're called to serve. You're to serve God by answering his call. Saying, yes, God, here I am. Your servant is listening. I will serve you by fulfilling the purpose for which you created me. Now, have you ever wondered why there's so many miserable people in life? People who are walking around, they hate their jobs. They're they're always depressed. They hate their lives. I run into miserable people almost every week. And I think it's because people have listened to everybody but God about what they ought to do in their life. They've listened to their own selfish desires. They've listened to moms and dads and parents and grandparents and school counselors about what they ought to do in life. And they've taken off on the wrong path. But you're you're not called to serve you. You're called to serve God. God did not create you to be all about you. You were made by God to serve God's purposes. You were made to accomplish His purposes. So God's calling you, and His calling is about His plan 
for your life. God is calling you to his dream for your life, not your dream. And folks, when you follow his call, his plan, his dream, that's when the joy comes. That's when the blessings invade your life, when you are doing what he's called you to do. The story in the Bible about Isaac and his twin sons, Jacob and Esau. And in those days, the firstborn child got all the love. They got all the inheritance. Some of you saying, yeah, I know. My firstborn brother, he got it all. They got all the love and all the inheritance. It was like, you're special. You're number one. And number two, we're, we're really glad you're here, but you're number two. <laughs> and that's the way it was with Esau and Jacob. And so in the case of Esau and Jacob, Esau was the number one son. And God says, Esau, I've got a calling for your life, but I've also got a calling for Jacob's life. But just because I want to do this, I'm going to reverse who gets the blessing that normally goes to the number one son. Jacob is going to get the blessing of the number one son, even though he's a number two son. And God told to, this to their mother before she ever delivered their sons. The Bible says this to Rebecca. Before the two boys, boys were born, God told Rebecca, the older will serve the younger. This was before the boys had done anything good or bad. They, they weren't born when God said this. God said this so that the chosen would be chosen because of God's own plan. He was chosen because he was the one God wanted to call, not because of anything he did. Now, that was opposite of what was always done in their culture. And this was all decided by God before the boys were born. And why? Because God had this special call for each boy's life. Cultural practices didn't matter to God. Number one son always gets the blessing. That, that didn't matter to God. But the call that he had for each boy did matter. Now, it was up to each boy to respond to God's specific call. And it's up to you and me to respond to God's specific call that he places in our lives. It's up to you and me to respond. And I told you before, I'm so thankful that I was able to hear and respond to God's call for me at a really young age. It was at age seven that I knelt at the altar of my church, and there I asked God to forgive my sins and come live in my life. And as soon as I finished praying that prayer, you know what happened? As soon as I finished asking God to come into my life, you know what happened? Nothing. No angels came down flapping their wings. No thunder, no lightning. No, nothing happened. My hair didn't turn white like Charlton Heston's when he played Moses. You know, none of that stuff happened. It's about there now, but nothing amazing happened. But the moment I went out to the car where my parents were waiting on me and I confessed to them what I had just prayed and done, that's when it happened. I felt like God was washing me and cleansing me from the inside out. And that was the turning point in my life. That was the moment I accepted God's call on my life at age seven. And then at age 13, some years had gone by, but at age 13, I surrendered to a more specific call of God upon my life. You know, in those years between 7 and 13, I'd started going my own way again. I was heading into junior high. My life was all about music and rock music and playing in the band that I'd started. And it was about music and sports and my new letter jacket and girls. And I was cool. At least I thought I was. 
And my life was all about that stuff, and I was going my own way. But God, all those years before, had put a call on my life. And one night at a Sunday night church services, we had those way back then, Sunday night church services. Someone was speaking, and God just nailed me. And so I surrendered to God's specific call. And this is why I think it's so important to keep your kids in church, in youth group, in camps, in Sunday school, because that's where they'll hear and be able to respond to God's call. But from that moment on, that night when I surrendered to that specific call, I did my best to listen to God, to pray, to follow his call that he had for me. And for me, that meant my focus had to change. I had to quit playing in the rock bands and, and going and playing for dances. And I said, God, I'll now play for you. I'll use whatever you've given me for you and you alone. It meant that I serving had to change. It meant that I had to get involved with a ministry called Youth for Christ. And I started leading a Bible club in the, at lunchtime in my high school. And I started leading a, a Bible club in my own small town uh, and midweek and I started planning to go to mission trips and take groups to go sing in, in different countries. It, made my, it meant my serving had to change. It meant my direction had to change. I, I now was feeling called to pursue a ministry degree when I got to college. It meant my commitment had to increase. I would now go to college and my parents didn't have money to send me. So that meant I had to go to college full time and I had to make my own way. I had to work to make my way through college. It meant my career had to line up with the calling that God was putting on my heart. Because, you know, career makes a living, but it's calling. Following God's calling that really makes your life full of joy and purpose and meaning. So to be true to my calling, my career and my calling had to line up. So while I was in college pursuing a ministry degree, fix, fixing semi-tractor trailer trucks, tires, and, and fixing tractor tires, I worked at servicing cars and installing mufflers and, and tailpipes and brakes on cars. I worked cleaning out grain elevators. Whatever I could do to finish my ministry degree. Now those were the jobs that put food on the table and gas in the car and a roof over my head. But they were not my calling. And then for two years after Shirley and I were married, we traveled the United States coast to coast, and we would lead worship, and we would preach in churches, and we'd preach in camps. And then for six years, I was a wild and crazy youth guy. Can anybody imagine me being that wild and crazy? Six years, I, I led youth ministries. And then for the last 30 years, I've been a lead pastor, 25 of those right here. My jobs have changed several times, but my calling has never changed from that day that I surrendered to God's call in my life. And I say all that to say this to you. You too have a calling that is unique to your life. The Bible says this. Take a look at this. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This verse is saying you have been crafted by God himself. You are his work of art. You have been crafted by God himself to do some specific work. And you've been crafted to do these specific works that he wanted you to do before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He knew exactly what he was calling you to do, what he wants you to do. So here's the cool thing. We all have different callings. 
And we all have different good works that God has called us to do. We all have a different contribution to make to God's work on earth. You are called to serve him by doing these good works. And he's called you to do this before you were ever born. Write that down. You were called before birth. You were called, you're called to serve, and you're called before birth. And look at what writes in Galatians. He says, it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. What undeserved mercy. Then God says through Jeremiah, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Let that sink in a minute. God knew you before you were even beginning to be shaped in your mother's womb. And already then, he had a holy plan for your life. Even before he began to shape you into you, he knew what he wanted you to do. You say, but how can that be? If, 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 I'm, if I've been made by God, if I've been a custom-made baby by God, and he knew exactly what he wanted me to do, then why am I not perfect? Why do I have all of these flaws? Well, you see, we may see things as flaws, but God uses those things to make us even more effective at fulfilling his calling. You know, lots of people look at this guy. Lots of people look at this guy, Nick Vojic, a guy with no arms, no legs, born that way, and they say, how could a guy like this fulfill God's calling? And yet, Nick has probably made a bigger contribution to the world and to bringing the people to Jesus Christ than, than any of us. He's changed millions of lives around the world by speaking about how God has blessed him and shaped him for his unique calling. So never underestimate what God can do with your life when you surrender, really surrender to his call on your life. God says this, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. So that means you are not an accident. You were custom made. You were created by God. God planned you. And therefore you are not exempted from his call due to something you see as a flaw. He's got a call for your life. Then write this down. And you are called in spite of your failures. Boy, isn't that good news? Amen? Amen? You are called by God to serve Him and to serve others in spite of your failures. No matter how messed up your life has been, your mistakes don't change your call. God doesn't change your call. He shaped you before you were born to fulfill His call, and you can still fulfill it no matter what your age is. Even if you've been running from your call, now is the time to start running and get with it. If you've been thinking it's too late to follow God's call, you could not be more wrong. You can still get with it. A good example is the Apostle Paul himself. Paul was this, I kind of like to say it this way, Paul was a rude dude in a crude mood. He was a scholar above scholars. He was a Hebrew above Hebrews. He knew, he knew the Old Testament. He knew the Word, and he knew he knew it. And he was a rude dude in a crude mood before he started following God's call. But later in his life, he started following God's call after he'd made lots of mistakes. Paul says, by calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy 
even though I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor and contemptuous, mercy, however, was shown to me because while I lacked faith, I acted in ignorance. You know what Paul was before he surrendered to God's call? He was a terrorist. He was a religious terrorist. He was dragging people out of their homes. He was taking them into jail, throwing them in jail. He was killing them for following Jesus. He was a murderer. But more than that, God would not change Paul's call. So listen, your stupid mistakes, my stupid mistakes, your failures and your sins don't change your call. So your challenge is to get up and start following the call of God that he's put on your life. At one time, Chuck Colson was one of the most powerful men in the United States of America. Chuck Colson was the assistant to the president. Then he got involved in a scandal called Watergate. Many of you remember that scandal. He was sent to prison. But it was in prison that he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, became a follower of Jesus. It was there that he saw the need for people in prison to hear about Jesus. And so he felt God call him to start a prison ministry. Today that ministry is called Prison Fellowship. And it's now in over 150-some countries. But when God created Chuck Colson, God knew that Chuck would mess up. God already knew that Chuck would go from the presidency to the prison and then back out. But all of that did not change Chuck's call. God still used him. You see, you are called, write this down, forever. You are called forever. Your call cannot be changed. It cannot be taken from you. No one can change your call. No one can take it from you. The Bible says this, God's gifts and his calling are irrevocable. It can never be withdrawn. Your call from God is permanent. Now the timing, the place, the intensity of your call may change, but your call will not change. Now your job may not be your calling because your job changes from time to time. You may have many jobs in your life. My job happens to be my calling, but your job may not be your calling. Jobs change all the time, but your calling never changes. And so the spiritual gifts and the call that God gave you before you were born are never withdrawn. They're, they're forever. Now, you can run from them. You can run from your call, your gifts. You can ignore them, but they're still there. They're still in you waiting for you to surrender to God's call and to accomplish what he's planned for you to do. And when you do that, you're called along with other people. You're called to serve God with your gifts, in your call, along with other people. Your calling, your assignment, is to involve others. You see, you can't fulfill your call all by yourself. You need other people to help you in your call. Calling and community go together. There's no way that I can fulfill my call without all of you working together with me. And neither can you fulfill your call without others helping you. It's like parts of your body. Your eye cannot fulfill its call without the muscles to help make it move. Your, your ear cannot fulfill its call without the bones that vibrate to generate sound. Your hand cannot fulfill its call without the ligaments that help it move. 
You've got to be connected to the other parts of your body to fulfill its call. The Bible says that the church is the body. Take a look at this. We are all one body. We have the same spirit. And we have all been called to the same glorious future hope. And the Bible goes on and says in Hebrews, brothers and holy partners in a heavenly calling. So we're all called to heaven, but we're also called to this holy partnership here on earth to work together to accomplish our calling. And you can do this because, and write this down, you are called and empowered. You can obey God's call because God will empower you and make you able to do it. In other words, whatever assignment God gives you, he will enable you. He will enable you. He will give you ability. He will give you energy beyond your own to accomplish the assignment that he's called you to. It's kind of like God stands with you. God stands behind you. God fills you. God enables you to do what he's called you to do. And I experienced that all of my life. His empowering, his enabling. So Paul says to the followers in his day, I now urge you to live the life to which God has called you. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like you're really yet living the life to which God has called you? Are you obeying that call that he's put within you? We're going to talk about that a lot more. He will empower you to live the life that he's called you to live. And Paul's prayer here is in Thessalonians is also my prayer for you. We pray that with his power, God will help you do the good things you want and perform the works that come from your faith. That's my prayer for you. And the Bible goes on and says, the one who calls you, which is God, is faithful and he will do it. God will give you the power to do whatever he's called you to do. If that's going on a mission trip, if that's helping somebody that's hungry or needy or walking with somebody who's going through something horrific in their life or sharing your faith with somebody when you you just don't feel you have the words or the training to do it, God will empower you to do it. And here's the last part. And you are called and rewarded. He'll not only empower you, but if you walk and live out your call, he will reward you for it. Folks, there is a prize. There's a reward coming your way when you live your call. Paul wrote about it. He said this, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And what's the prize? Here's the prize. Are you ready? You get to share in everything that God has in heaven. Amen? Amen. You and I get to share in everything that God has in heaven. You get to share in his kingdom. You get to share in his power. You get to share in his glory forever. You get to share in his perfect kingdom. You get to share in the very best joys of heavenly life. In the best place ever in the presence of Jesus and God the Father forever. And it is a place without the sin and the sickness and the death and the tragedies and the tears that are part of life on earth. All of those things are gone. That's the reward that's coming your way. So in light of this, Paul says, live the kind of life 
that pleases God, who calls you to share in his own kingdom and glory. Now, that's amazing to me that God is willing to share his kingdom, all of his stuff with me, if I'm simply willing to live my calling, the calling that he gave me to fulfill here on earth, that he's willing to share all of his stuff, his kingdom. Larry, here's a part of my kingdom. Larry, here's my power, sharing my power. Wow. Larry, here's, here's part of my glory, sharing my glory. Wow. That's just amazing to me. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around it unless I think about it like this. Imagine going to Broadway in New York City. And there on a giant Broadway marquee, lit up in giant lights, it says, for eternity, Jesus Christ. And under that, in smaller letters, much smaller letters, it says, and co-starring for eternity, Larry. <laughs> wow. Think about that. That's what God is saying. You get to share for eternity with me and my kingdom, my glory, and my power. And with that as my reward, my prize, I now am way interested in fulfilling my calling. I don't want to miss that reward. Yes, if you invite Jesus Christ in your life and you never fulfill your calling, will you slip into heaven somehow? Maybe you'll slip into heaven. But I don't want to miss that reward. Amen. To share in all of that. These are the facts. You are called. You're called to serve. You're called way before your birth. You're called in spite of all your failures. You are called forever. That never changes. You're called to serve God along with others. You're called and empowered by God. And you're called and rewarded by God. Folks, you do have a calling. So. In this series, let's discover it and let's go live it. Live your calling. Would you bow your heads with me? As I pray this prayer, as we start this new series, would you kind of just pray this prayer of commitment in your heart? Father, thank you for creating me and calling me. I'm deciding today to begin to live my calling. Teach me in the coming weeks how to do it. Because I look forward to my prize for living my call. And then if you're here this morning and you've not yet invited Jesus into your life, would you just pray this simple prayer and say, God, it's time for me to start with you. I've been running from you. I've not been faithful to surrender to you. Would you just pray this in your heart? Jesus, forgive my sins and come into my life. I want to live my calling. Help me discover what it is and I will live it. Father, I thank you for each person here and I, I pray, Lord, that whether they're young or old, Lord, that you would help them to understand it's never too late to live their call, to get involved, to get with it. Lord, we thank you for those that you've called at a young age and they've gotten it and they've started and they're following you, but God, help each one of us to live our calling. I pray in Jesus' name.
And all of God's people said, amen. amen. May God bless you all this week.